When I was a boy, when I was very young, the town I grew up in, Cairns in far north Queensland, didn't have any television at all. So a trip to the cinema, or we used to call it the flicks, you'd go to the flicks, was truly exciting. You imagine if there was no TV, no video games, no video, the movies was the place to be. And my grandfather loved westerns. And whenever there was a western on, he'd take my brother and I to the matinee on a Saturday afternoon. We, were, we had to wear shoes. That's how special it was, going to the movies. <laughs> we didn't wear them to school. We had to wear them to church and to the movies. The thing is, Pa, my grandfather, was a really impatient guy. And he didn't want to sit through any of the ads beforehand, which my brother and I loved. He didn't want to see the previews of the coming attractions, which we loved even more. He just wanted to get there when the main event was starting. And so my brother and I would come in and we'd lock our eyes on the screen and we'd go and find a place to sit. And we were transfixed by this screen. And Mark's gospel, I think, is a lot like that. We miss the genealogies of Jesus that we find in Matthew and Luke. We miss the story of his birth and his boyhood and his youth. And we go straight to the main event. And this very chapter that I'm speaking on today begins with the main event. It begins with the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. From the get-go, we know exactly what this gospel is about, the Son of God. Now Mark, the writer of this gospel, this is the probably and almost certainly the very first gospel uh, written in the uh, early 50s, so very close to the life of Jesus. And Mark was a a protege of Peter, our favourite, my favourite. And uh, when Peter escaped from the jail in Acts, the place he ran to was Mark's mother's place. And in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 5, he describes Mark as my son, much in the same way that Paul described Timothy as his son. So Mark would have heard of all of these healing stories from Peter, which I think explains the brevity of the whole gospel. I have a picture of Peter being a forthright man, and this is a very forthright healing, and words are given to Jesus that aren't given in any other versions of this healing of the leper, and I think that's due to Peter and loyal Mark writing down what his master told him. And it was Peter's understanding of Christ and the resurrection, I think, that we get in Mark's gospel and which makes it so unique. So this morning I'll briefly try and put in context today's gospel reading in terms of Jesus' ministry. I then hope to talk a little bit about how in this gospel from the get-go Jesus transgresses ancient Jewish barriers and breaks down our old way of thinking about our relationship with God. And how in this healing of this man with a leprosy, with leprosy, we're offered a new way of understanding our whole identity as the people of God. And finally, I'll look at the truly contemporary relevance of this in our lives at St Andrews Springfield on Remembrance Day 2018. And how, uh, how it applies and what it might means to be actually touched, touched by Jesus and made clean. Now, the healing of a man with leprosy is the third miraculous healing. This is only in chapter one, mind you. The third miraculous healing uh, in a rapid series of four healings at the beginning of Mark's gospel. And this week's healing 
follows directly on from the healing we heard in last week's gospel of Simon's mother-in-law, where Jesus healed her of a fever before healing all other people, all other sorts of people uh, from illness and demon possession, and that is people who were in need of a spiritual and emotional cleansing because of something that had inhabited them at some time in their life due to an unclean or an impure spirit, as the scriptures call it. So today's focus on the healing of a man whose whole body was unclean, though, not just his spirit, his whole physical body was unclean due to leprosy. Now, there's a whole talk for another time regarding what's called the, the purity laws, the Jewish purity laws, and what that word leprosy meant uh, in Jewish law and what made people clean or unclean. However, the part of the law that I'd really like to focus on today that concerns us is that if a person was ritually or physically unclean, they couldn't take their place in their communities. They were shunned. In fact, if they suffered from leprosy, they were considered to be living corpses and became social pariahs. They couldn't live in the community. They couldn't live with their families. They had to live outside of town. And they were condemned to live in really lonely isolation away from other people and away from the temple and away from the synagogue. They couldn't worship God with the chosen people. Look, this perhaps gives us an indication, an explanation of the desperation in this lovely man who comes to Jesus to be healed. We can assume, I think, that that the leper would have heard of some of these earlier two healings uh, in in Jesus' very early ministry, and he would have had a fundamentally but very rudimentary faith that he was going to be healed. He, uh, that Jesus was the one who could make him whole, otherwise he wouldn't have come in the first place, so that he could have a life, a life, and not just this lonely, horrible existence away from all others, but a full and abundant life among his people. And the passage starts with the afflicted man throwing himself on the knees and begging Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look, it's such a desperate scene. We can picture this in our head. The leper is saying to Jesus, in effect, I've seen you restore other people, sir, to a full and abundant life. Sir, give me life. But it's the if you are willing that truly fleshes out what this person is feeling. Nobody could or was allowed to ever touch a leper. As Charlie said to the kids before they went off, you couldn't touch them because that would have made you unclean. And I'm not sure if I can begin to imagine what this would be like, to have to live outside of town symbolically. You are outside the whole of the community. You have no one who ever comes to you. Never to be hugged, never to be kissed, never to have someone offer you their hand to even shake. You truly are a walking corpse. So this is what the leper is saying. I believe you can heal me, but sir, will you? I'm a leper. You see, sir, I'm so unclean that no one can touch me or talk to me or comfort me or be my friend. Sir, are you willing not to be like anyone else and care for me? 
This is why we get this extraordinary reaction from Jesus. When he heard this, Jesus was indignant. Personally, I can imagine Peter describing Jesus' reaction as indignant. And when Matthew and Luke tell this very same story, they write, Jesus was filled with compassion. Well, he was, but it was more than that. Something is happening here in Mark's account that doesn't happen in Matthew and Luke's account. The English meaning of the word indignant in this sense is when we are moved by anger that is something that is unjust, that's not fair, and we become indignant. And I looked up the word, I don't do this often, but I looked up the word in the original language, in the Greek, and it implies a great infilling of emotion that just bursts out of us. Jesus is not angry with the man. He's really upset because the leper thinks he is unworthy. The leper thinks that Jesus thinks he is unworthy to be healed because he has leprosy and he can't be touched. That even Jesus might think that he is too unclean. Anything but leprosy. Anything but that. Jesus' response is to reach out and touch the man. This is remarkable. This is truly remarkable. I'm willing. I'm really willing. I'm indignantly willing to be to touch you. I want to do more than touch you. Be clean. And the only healing in the whole of Scripture before this was way back in, in the second book of Kings, chapter 5, when the prophet Elisha heals Naaman the Syrian. Now, Elisha doesn't even leave his room, let alone meet Naaman. He gets his servant to tell Naaman to dip himself seven times in the Jordan and he will be healed. And he certainly doesn't touch him as that would have made Elisha unclean as well. So Jesus touches the leper and says, be clean. No ritual like we heard from today's First Testament reading. No jumping in and out of the Jordan. Just be clean. And he immediately was clean. Take your place among your people. Touch and be touched, for you are clean. Despite Jesus' request that he must not show himself to the priest and offer the sacrifices Moses commanded and not tell anyone, of course he does. Look, this is human nature. If I had received such news as that, I reckon I would be yelling it from the rooftops. Jesus would understand. I'd say, Jesus would understand. I just can't help it, you know. It was thought that only God could cure leprosy. So if he'd gone and shown himself to the priest, which we don't know if he did or we didn't, so I'm thinking he probably did. So in showing himself to the priest, he was saying to them that this man, Jesus, who touched me, has divine power. But for the former leper, it also meant that he would receive a certificate of cleanliness, which meant he could take his place in society. The man's identity of one of God's chosen people was restored. And the word healing is not at all even used in this passage. Be clean, Jesus says to the leper. And in the healing that immediately follows this one, he doesn't say to the paralysed man, be healed. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Son, this is unheard of. Jesus' healings come from this position of divine love. He, he urgently wants these people to be healed, to be clean and to be forgiven. And filled with emotion, Jesus says that to all of us. Be made clean 
and I will give you a new identity of daughters and sons of God's word. He says to us, your sins are forgiven. I give you a new identity as sons and daughters of God's word. Jesus offers a new way of understanding our identity and who we are as God's people. And we also note that it's the leper who comes to Jesus. Jesus doesn't just bump into him. The leper made a conscious decision to go to Jesus. And I think this is what faith is. It's people in deep need coming in desperation to Jesus. We too are unclean and we too come. Jesus says, I've not come to call the righteous, that is those who think they're clean, but sinners, those of us who know we're unclean. And like the leper, like me, Jesus says to us too, I give you a new identity as daughters and sons of God's word. Come and enter the fullness of life with me and I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I will never stop touching you. But for many of us, we're also a bit like the leper in another way. I know that Jesus heals people and restores them to life. I've seen it in others and how wonderful that must be. But would he forgive or heal me? All these other people, they're probably goody two-shoes and the worst thing they ever did was have a nasty thought about someone when they were eight in the playground, you know? But me? Man, I am a sinner. I can't even admit to myself the damage I've caused, not only to my life, but to everyone I've ever loved or befriended. Not only am I unclean, I've made others unclean. I'm the worst, most neglectful father ever. Was there ever a mother who said such a thing to a daughter? I betrayed my best friend for nothing. I'm dirty. Sisters and brothers, these thoughts are the beginning of repentance. Don't think they're terrible things to feel. This is the beginning of repentance. And just like the leper, we come to Jesus and we just fall on our knees. There's nothing else we can do. Our hands covering our eyes so we can't be seen and we just whisper, if you're willing, make me clean. We can't even look. And Jesus, full of emotion that overwhelms, touches us in a way that we will never, ever forget and says to us, I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. I am so willing. Be clean. And we're clean. Just like that. Just like the leper. And just as the leper was healed by Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, directly, without having to perform any ritual, so too are we. Jesus has broken down every single barrier between God and humanity. As the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, we now have confidence to enter the most holy place. The holy, this is the throne room of God. We can go directly to God by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, opened us for us through the opened up for us through the curtain, through the body that is Christ. The leper, despite being told not to, went and told everyone. And the cost of this disobedience was paid by Jesus, if you have a look. Our passage says in verse 45 that because the leper did that, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly but he had to stay in lonely places. 
So in taking away the isolation from the leper, our Lord Jesus himself took upon the leper's isolation. And in taking away our inevitable death through sin, our Lord Jesus took on our sin and death himself and conquered it forever. Jesus' final words on the cross were, it is finished. Death and isolation are no more. He chose to do that. He is willing. Dear friends, you might feel that others may be made clean except you because of your past or acts or thoughts that you currently have that you can't stop doing or stop having and just won't go away. Perhaps you feel that Jesus may not be willing. Take great heart. Come to Jesus and fall on our knees and whisper, if you are willing, you can make me clean. We will have our prayer team at the front here after the service. And if any of you would like any assistance in this or don't understand things that I'm trying to explain probably so poorly, please come and see us afterwards or speak to Charlie or speak to me if you would prefer. Please, let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you that in your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ, you have removed all impediments between you, the creator of the whole world, and us, your dearly beloved children. Bless this truth deeply into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, and into our spirits, that we can come to you. We can always come to you, and we will always be made clean. In Jesus' name, amen.